turn your Bible to Zephaniah. Now this is a very small book in the Old Testament, only three chapters. Some of the minor prophets are called minor prophets, not because of their minor message, but because they're, are, they're very short. For example, Obadiah, one of the greatest of the minor prophets, brings an indictment on Edom because of the sin of standing on the other side. When Babylon came to try to destroy Jerusalem, the Edomites, who were the cousins of the Israelites, just stood over there and laughed and helped the Babylonians take over. And Obadiah wrote a strong indictment in just those first few verses about the sin of standing on the other side. Well, Zephaniah is writing before the fall of Jerusalem. He is dated about 630 to 620 B.C. The name Zephaniah means the Lord hides or protects. His theme is the day of the Lord is near. Reminding us of Ezekiel 22:30, I sought for a man among them, but found none. In the first chapter, we read about judgment is coming. And he says, nothing will escape God's judgment. He speaks of the severity of the judgment. Then in verse 18, he speaks of the fact that money and affluence will not mean a thing. Then in chapter 2, beginning as verse 4, he says, God will judge the nation. In chapter 3, God's people are given a fourfold indictment. And in the last part of chapter 3, the future day of the Lord. I want us to look tonight for a moment or two at chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. Between the warning of the judgment to come and the judgment, there's a little repose or a little, a little. And it seems like God's people took up on that for a little while. And so the judgment was prolonged for nearly 40 years. We have many instances in the scripture of prayer holding back the arm of judgment. It's very interesting. Sennacherib's army was coming against Jerusalem before northern Israel fell. And Sennacherib, Sennacherib was surrounding Jerusalem. There's been a, been a poem written about that, a marvelous poem, and, a, and an oratorio about Sennacherib being turned back. And Isaiah led the people of Jerusalem to pray, and God answered their prayer. That happened again in the time of Amos and Hezekiah. It was a time when God was going to let Hezekiah die because of his sin. But Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and cried and prayed. And God said, Isaiah, you go back and tell Hezekiah, I'm going to add 15 years to his life. So prayer is very effective. I'm not sure that we can altogether say prayer changes God, but prayer certainly changes us. And prayer changes things. It's not certain whether prayer 
just gets us conditioned to accept whatever God sends or whether prayer gets through to God so that God stays his hand. There's a lot of evidence of that. Well, in Zephaniah chapter 2, we have three verses that remind us that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked or the righteous. He wants us to repent. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. When September 11th occurred, we had, as a nation, sort of put God aside. Not everybody, not you. You prayed regularly. Our school prays for America every day. Our students meet, give a pledge allegiance to the flags, the Bible, and then we pray for America. And that's, that's true all over America. There are many praying groups. But largely, America as a nation had forgotten to pray. Immediately when September 11th occurred, and three to 4,000 people were taken out into eternity suddenly, our president called for a day of prayer. And met in Washington Cathedral. Billy Graham was there and other leaders were there. And they prayed for America. And all over America, groups began to pray. And one of the interesting things is, during the school days, students met to pray. And the principals didn't interrupt them. And the ACLU was strangely silent. They didn't say a thing. Well, have we gotten back into our rut again and forgetting to pray for America? I want you to look at these three verses. Chapter 2, gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together, O nation, not desired. In other words, because of your sin and your wickedness, God has no reason to spare you. Before the decree bring forth, before the day pass like the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you, seek the Lord, all ye meek of the earth who have kept his ordinances. Seek righteousness, seek meekness, it may be ye shall be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. Isn't that remarkable? Now you know long before the war in Afghanistan, we were aware that there were three missionaries that were being held hostage, or rather held in prison, and they were under the death threat. They had apparently won some Muslims to the Lord and they were arrested for telling people about Jesus. They were put in prison. They were threatened with death. And a lot of people in America prayed for them. But you know when that war started, many, many other people began to pray for the war zone in Afghanistan. Do you know that? There were people praying everywhere, not only in America, but all over the world. And much of that prayer was toward those missionaries 
praying that the Lord would deliver them. And you know what happened. As our armies teamed up with the Afghanistan loyal people, righteous, the right people, they drove the Taliban out of that city. But the Taliban took these missionaries with them, sort of put them in little cages along the way. And finally, they recognized they were in such a hurry to leave, they left the missionaries behind and some other freedom people came and loosed them. Our government was told about it and the helicopters were sweeping down in enemy territory and got those missionaries aboard the helicopters and delivered them to freedom. I don't think that's just something we need to praise America about. We need to praise God for that. God answered prayer. Now tonight we have missionaries in the Philippines who have been kidnapped. Same thing in Indonesia. They're trying to tell us that all these Muslim nations are friendly and peaceful, loving nations. But where the Muslims are in control, there's no freedom of religion. And they have hurt our mission causes. In Indonesia, they're trying to drive the, missionary, the, the Christians out into the sea, killing off many of them. Our press does not pick up on that. You hardly ever read that about, about that in the press. Nonetheless, it's true. But there's a nucleus of people in America that are praying. It would not surprise me if those who pray get through to God and God somehow delivers them. On the other hand, not every Christian has been delivered. There have been a lot of martyrs. They tell us that in this past century, from 1900 to 2000, there were more Christian martyrs than any time in all Christian history, the first 2,000 years. Well, we need to pray. And so here, the Lord is saying through Zephaniah, gather together. Now, God doesn't owe this nation anything because you've sinned willfully against me. You've forgotten me. You're not a desired nation. But our Lord is long-suffering. Our Lord is gracious. And he says, before the, degree bring, before the decree bring forth, before the day pass like the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come, seek the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, who have kept his ordinances. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. And then in beginning in verse 4, he goes into the fact that God will judge the nations. Now, what is he saying here to us? What kind of message can we get from this? Those of us who are meeting here at Glendale Baptist Church tonight, he's placing upon us the earnest contingency of prayer. Pray. More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. We could find people tonight who would stand and testify, God has answered a prayer of mine this week. God, is, God answers prayer. Now, prayer is the mightiest force in the universe. We can pray about our money. 
We can pray about our children. We can pray about our homes. We can pray about our nation. We can pray about everything. And all of us need to pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Notice the petitions in those prayers. Our Father, which art in heaven, bragging on God, directing our prayer to him, praising the Lord. Our Father, which is in heaven. He's not the buddy-buddy upstairs. He's not the man upstairs. He is the great sovereign of the universe. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We honor thy name. It grieves me to hear people take God's name in vain. We're living in a time when people are so accustomed to doing that that we're getting soft on it. It doesn't bother us so much. We think, well, maybe they don't mean what they're saying. I don't know whether they mean it or not, but if you're colorblind and you drive down here to Cabell and the bypass and the light is red and you can't see that it's red and you go on anyway, what does a policeman do? If he sees you, he gives you a ticket. Oh, you could say, well, I didn't know, I didn't realize it was red. Then he gives you a contingent on your driver's license. You can't drive without somebody in the car that isn't colorblind. You see, whether we understand or not, or know or not, we're guilty when we're wrong, when we break God's law. And so this scripture says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I want to surrender to the will of God. I want God's will done in Bowling Green. I want God's will done in America. I want God's will done in our nation. Pray, seek the Lord. And he addresses this to those who are righteous, to those who know how to pray, to those who are godly. He says, there's a nucleus here. If you will pray, God may hide you in the day of his wrath. God may change things. I don't know how well we're all aware of this, but we almost lost World War II. When the Japanese attacked us at Pearl Harbor, they literally destroyed our fleet in the Pacific. If you should go to California today, you would find on the hills along the Pacific Ocean dugouts where they had our guns and cannons ready for an invasion because they thought Japan was going to invade the West Coast. There were submarines going up and down in the Pacific near the coast, and the same thing in the Eastern Coast. And it took us a while to get ready for war, but the American people came together, churches came full, people began to pray, and God delivered America. And do you know what else happened? Hitler almost had the, the strategic equipment to build the nuclear warheads. He already had missiles. He was ahead of us on that. But God caused a German scientist to defect and came to America and helped us 
know how to develop the atomic and the hydrogen bombs. I know we're not proud that we dropped those bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, but it saved thousands of lives. Harry Truman made very, very difficult decisions. I didn't like the way he talked. He was a Baptist that didn't go to church. But he made some important decisions. And I believe God answered the prayer of Americans. There were no Americans trying to kill all the Jews. There were no Americans trying to be mean and honorary and wicked to those of other nations. But those other nations were, and God said, all right, you who seek righteousness, you who seek judgment, you pray. And God delivered us. We serve the same God today. God is able. God is able. Yesterday, there was a big warning. They thought we were going to be attacked somewhere in the world. The American interests would be attacked. I believe a lot of people prayed. God prevented it. After what happened September 11th, people all over America have been praying. We've, we've come to a consciousness of who the enemies are. And do you know we haven't been attacked since except a little bit of powdered stuff that really killed three or four or five people, but not very many. They wanted it to kill a lot. But somehow God gave us the prowess and the investments to know how to deal with all that. Now, I'm not bragging on it. Tomorrow we may have a terrible tragedy. Some nation may get hydrogen power, nuclear power, and hurt us seriously. But I want to tell you, we can pray. I believe we need to pray about everything. And we need to be faithful to the Lord. Faithful. Faithful. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. Faithfulness in our homes. Faithfulness in our altar of prayer at home. Faithfulness in our uh, attendance on the Word of God. Faithfulness in our giving to the things of God. Faithfulness in our going to church. Faithfulness in our prayer. May all who come behind us find us faithful. As we close the service. moments. I'm going to ask our choir to gather in the choir area. I have the music to that song found faithful. I want them to sing it. And I want us to be challenged to be faithful to the Lord in the big things and the little things. We may be in a period between tragedy and tragedy, but right now the sun's shining. Stephen Foster wrote the song, The Sun Shines Bright in My Old Kentucky Home. That was Mordecai Ham's theme song on his radio broadcast. He's the one that won Billy Graham to the Lord. And you know, when the sun shines bright in our heart, whether, whether it's raining outside or snowing or whatever else, it's okay if we're faithful to the Lord. Be thou faithful, and I will give thee the crown of life. Let's bow together in prayer. I want to ask Miss Retha to start playing that hymn. And uh, while we're just bowing before the Lord, I want to ask the choir to get up and come and 
be in the choir. Everybody who has ever sung in the choir, would you just get up and come? Men and women, young people, come. And Brother Lloyd, the choir, the music's over there on the chair. Now let's all the rest of us, with our heads bowed and eyes closed, ask God to make us faithful to Him. Help us to be faithful in all things. Our Father, we thank you for the warning from Zephaniah about the day of the Lord. And then a retrieve reminding us that prayer and preparation of our hearts and fidelity and faithfulness to Jesus can help us overcome all the things that are coming. And that prayer can get our hearts ready and equipped for whatever God allows to send us. Whether it's illness, whether it's health, whether it's peace, whether it's war, help us to be conditioned to be faithful to Thee. And as we go into our Sunday school campaign, help us to be faithful to reach out after others and bring them in. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.